Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. A very shocking statistic that I read in the last couple of days, and we know that there are far too many people sleeping on the streets in Cork. We also know that this notion of there being a bed for everybody who wants it is just a notion. It's, it's not true. What I didn't know... What I didn't know was that there, at a good estimate, roughly 50 to 20 military army veterans sleeping on the streets of Cork at any one time. That's a, a shocking figure, and one that comes from the Organization of National Ex-Service Personnel, O-N-E. Dermot Higgins is the president. Dermot, that's a shocking statistic. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Um, it is, and I suppose no more than other areas of society, veterans are suffering as well. Now, they mightn't actually be sleeping on the streets, but they're living in substandard accommodation. Yeah. And that's, they serve their country at home and abroad proudly. That's the point. And they've fallen through the cracks. That's the point. How, how come so many of them fall through the cracks, though, Dermot? Um, I suppose if you if we look at it this way... We were all soldiers, sailors, or airmen. Yeah. We're proud. Yeah. And we won't admit we need help. A lot of them, a lot of people won't admit that they can't do it. I was a soldier. I can do this. And they slipped through the cracks. We are providing a, an, an outlet for them to, to come forward to us, and we will help them. So... Okay, I've got you. So there's a certain military pride from having served that yes. sort of won't allow you to reach out to someone like, and I'm just using the name because everybody knows her, you won't allow you to reach out to somebody like Katrina Toomey. It won't allow you to reach out to St. Vincent de Paul. But when 
one of your own comes along, like you say, dear mid, oh, listen, can you give me a hand? Yes. I've, um, personally, I've been involved with a couple of them that are living on the streets in Cork. Thankfully, I've gotten two of them into accommodation. Good. One man came through me through a volunteer dealing with homeless on the streets. And I made the initial contact. It took a while for him to trust me. Even though we both have served, we didn't serve together. <laughs> but I had to meet him on numerous occasions for a coffee, a chat, and eventually he opened up to me. Yeah, you were. And then we were able to help him. You were navy yourself, weren't you, for 20 points? I was navy, yes. <laughs> yes. Is there something in the military training, Dermot? that makes you worry, that makes you, I suppose, suspicious in some ways? Um, there could be, but a lot of it would become that we all became institutionalised. We were told when to go to bed, we were told when to get up, we were told when to eat. Yeah. And when that safety net goes, some people can't adapt back mm. to independent living. I get you. It would be, um, like, I mean, for me, I was on a tin can. It's the easiest way to destroy, describe it. Out in the Atlantic, getting tossed around with 40 other guys. That was my family at sea. I had another family at home. Right. And when your family, in, say, in the Navy, is gone, we had a good reporter. We were able to chat. And there are no problems together. But when that goes, the safety net is gone. And you ate on the clock and you slept on the clock? Exactly. So when the clock is gone, some people find it difficult to reset themselves? To reset themselves. And unfortunately, it, it's uh, a facet of military life. That's fascinating, Danny. That's fascinating. Some people just can't adopt to fend, fending for themselves. Even though they could go out in the field with their pack and their rifle and survive. Yes. But come to civilian life, they find it hard. That's right. And we are providing a safety net for those people. We're trying to catch them now and rebuild them. I'll be talking shortly to, to Dan, who's been a beneficiary of the work of ONE. But talk to me about the... Uh, the flags, the sleeping flags campaign, which has been running just this week, I think. Yes, the sleeping flags campaign was there was a lot of thought went into that before we initiated this because we all swore an oath to the flag. Yeah, and we and no matter how long we're out of the service, we never rescinded that oath. But we said it will make an impact, and. We didn't put the flag on the ground. We put mm -hmm. tricolour sleeping bags. Military men would never put a flag on the ground. No. Never. Never. No. And we said it would make an impact. We had the first one in Dublin in that we had veterans sleeping outside the GPO. It was a symbol. I said, look, this is where our veterans are. Yeah. The GPO, a symbol where our forefathers fought and died. And this is, this is where the veterans are now. Mm. And 
a lot of people, we, we ran it last Saturday down in the, outside Brown Thomas. And a lot of people came up and supported us. Good. And they identified when we explained to what we were doing. A lot of them, like you, were shocked. Yeah. That people who had served our country at home and abroad are now suffering. I think it's because, dear, but we are... Oh, it's it's not a it's not a gratitude. I think we express often enough. We are eternally grateful to our soldiers, to our naval personnel, to our air corps. We're eternally grateful. Yes, and and that is coming around now. People have actually come up to us and said, "Thank you for your service," which means a lot to a military end, doesn't it? It means a lot. Like I mean, we like I mean, we have the Lebanon and Unifil, which is great. But people need to remember that. I never served overseas. I served on the seas. Yes. And... Like you said, in, in a tin can. <laughs> yes. And I, yes. I have I, to say, I went out, I was brought out as a journalist on some formal occasions in one of those tin cans, travelling nice and slowly for our comfort. I don't think I'd like yes. to be washed around on the high seas. No. Uh, to be out on Force 8 or 9. I don't think I'd fancy that. And, but, look... We signed up for it. We did it. We protected our seas to the best of our ability. But it would be nice for for people, I think, to come around and say, well, thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I suppose, the one thing, okay, we have peace on the border now. No one has ever came out and said, thank you for your service on the border. Yes. You know, we, we kept this country from anarchy. Yes. And no one has ever come out and said, thank you. Can I say it now? You can, PJ. Thank you, Dermot, to you and your colleagues for everything that you did. There's a former Garda station in St. Luke's that someone's asking about. Yes. We have, okay, I was instrumental in getting the, the home in Cove. Yes. Up and running. Now, we have identified that we want to do another veteran's home in Cork City, up in St. Louis. Former Garda Station. We have gone out. We have plans drawn up. The architect is in place. Great. And it's gone out to tender now for a builder. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And we are hoping, it might be a long shot, that it will open before the end of this year and will be known as... Brewie Colleen. That's fantastic. Colin's house. That's fantastic. Dermot, stay with me on that story because I'm fascinated by that one because uh, I know that old Garda station very well. Let me go to Dan. Dan, you've benefited from the the services. Thank you, Dermot, by the way, President of the of ONE. Um, Dan, you've benefited from the work of ONE. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been living in the Cove um, um, hostel since February of this year. Uh, and uh, it, I was, uh, as Dermot mentioned, I was in, I was one of those in what would really be substandard um, accommodation. Unfortunately, I have a disability from road traffic accidents. Nothing to do with the Defence Forces. But um, uh, my mobility, I got serious mobility issues. And the last place I lived in, I had to climb 62 steps every day. 
which was quite difficult because I go, I use a walker to get around. Right. But um, somebody um, put in a good word and said, look, there's a, uh, an ex-serviceman who's in, you know, in trouble accommodation-wise. Oh, and by the way, we, we had no contracts anymore. The contracts were not renewed in that place. So we were at the risk of being made homeless. Sure. Um, but um, the o &E came along and, uh, well, essentially rescued me from that. Wonderful. What, so what's, what, what's, what's your service story, Dan? When did you serve? Uh, 78 to 88, but in the FCA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, part time work. I did some full time as well, but uh, there was a thing called full time FCA back then. We were basically backfilling, which would be the current phrase or word, uh, for um, people that had gone over, overseas to the yeah. Lebanon, maybe. Yeah, when, when, when the Leb started and a lot of yeah. the, the original truckers went to the Leb, they needed someone to backfill the, the space. That's right. So, yes, yeah, like you did. Right. Right. Yeah, that's what a reserve force is for, basically, amongst other things. Yes. Yeah, to, um, to backfill, you know. Now, you worked as a microbiologist, they tell me. Yes, and my, my ambition all the time was to go to uh, college. Uh, I wanted to be a scientist. Um, I had entered, uh, I didn't have the funds, so I entered the scholarship exam. But at the same time, uh, I asked our quartermaster, um, who was PDF, Permanent Defence Force, uh, Army, you know, of course, um, about the possibilities of joining the PDF. So he said, look, okay, because um, I, I thought I hadn't got a snowflake chance in hell of getting that scholarship. I'm up against the best in Munster yeah. uh, at the exam. There was a special uh, exam for the scholarships back then. That's changed. But um, uh, he suggested full-time FCA. So I was actually unaware that it even existed. Yeah. So I did some of it. And lo and behold, I won the scholarship. Well, I was awarded one scholarship. Uh, there were 15 per year at that time. Good man. So I ended up in college. And to be honest, while I swapped my lab coat when I was a student and put on my green uniform and go soldiering during the summer. Right. Okay. Okay. So you were working as both a microbiologist, and or a student rather, and a, a soldier, part time soldier. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Good man. Exactly. Mm. Well. So that, that's the but, um, but then I had a successful career in the pharmaceutical industry, mainly. Um, but unfortunately, that um, <laughs> serious road traffic accident, uh, I was living in Norway at the time, and it was over there. But um, the doctors went, they fixed me up. Uh, I shouldn't have survived. It was a head on with a truck. Too much information. My apologies. It's okay. But, it's okay. Uh, but uh, I was told by, by the doctors, this is oh, 30, 30 years ago, approximately. Okay. And um, they told me that in later life, I would have problems. And indeed, I do. Mm. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, I, well, I, I cared for my mother for some years. That was fine. Um, uh, over here uh, in Cork. Well, I'm in Cove now, but you know, in, in Cove City, where I come from. Yeah, and I did that for some years, and then I was talking about going back to Norway, but um, winters were getting very hard for me over there. Mm. Uh, so I got a part-time job in UCC, uh, teaching in the labs and teaching people how to do the basic stuff, like training, yeah. training people. I did that in the FCA as well, and <laughs> I didn't use the exact same techniques, of course, but... <laughs> But uh, it, it was a very satisfying job, but the pandemic changed all of that. Yeah, because the labs closed, didn't they? The labs closed, yep. They sure did. 
Yeah. And then you were out of, you, you had no income, had you? No. Yeah. No, just my disability allowance. Right. Right. Mm. And you were living no, in a place that was totally unsuitable for you. You were climbing to a top floor. Yes. Uh, well, I often had to go up and down on my backside, to be honest. I couldn't walk. Mm. So I'd have to crawl up and lever myself down. Um, I can laugh at it now, but it wasn't very funny at all at the time. Yeah. 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 But then again, I was lucky in the sense that I had a roof over my head, even though it wasn't great. Uh, it was definitely substandard. Yeah. So this is like... A, a new lease of life for me. Yeah, I think what happened, I have some, some notes in front of me, Dan, was it that the, the, the landlord came to you all and said, I'm not renewing your 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 contracts, as I suppose, unfortunately, no. they're entitled to do. And then... Well, yeah, he, didn't, he, didn't, he just didn't renew the contracts. Yeah. And then... That made me very nervous. Oh, he didn't tell you. And then um, someone put you in touch with, with O&E. I'm sure you knew they existed, did you? Of course, yeah. of course, I had um, approached him, but I, I knew there's a way too many uh, homeless veterans or ex servicemen or um, ex service men and women around uh, in the country, and I thought, like, and once again, um, there'd be a very long waiting list because there isn't enough. Um, oh, I need to do a fantastic job, but very limited resources. Yes, and I, but uh, as it happened. Um, I've, I'm just so fortunate to get to, to have got a place here. Yeah, it's, I'm delighted for you. Uh, Thank you. Delighted for you. And I, I mean, how is life now, Dan? I mean, are, are you? Do you have chronic pain and things like that? I mean, I, do you have a care plan or something for yourself? Yes, I, I get support from the people here, which is very important. Uh, the, the comradeship that. I felt in the defence forces is kind of back here. People look after me. They know that some things I have difficulty with. Pain is actually touch wood not so bad most of the time, but it's my mobility or lack thereof. I see. Uh, in the head injury, sorry, I had a head injury in that car crash with the truck. Um, most people don't survive that, but uh, unfortunately, it affected the part of my brain that controls the cerebellum that controls coordination. I see. And that will get progressively worse. I see. I see. But you have... You but there are a lot of people who walk after me. Well, you know what? Your, your story is your story, Dan, and you now have a safe roof over your head for as long, as you, for as, long as you want it, thanks to this wonderful organisation. Absolutely. I can't thank O&E enough. Um, I think, well, I remember when I joined the FCA, my father said, are you crazy? Are you mad? Uh, he's unfortunately not with us anymore, but I think uh, if he was, I'd say, no, Dad, look what happens. When I'm in trouble, they come and help me. And, you know, that's something that I, I think is fantastic about the military. Dan, it, it doesn't seem to matter to ONE, and I think Dermot is still there, I don't know. It doesn't matter to ONE, Dermot, whether you served 30 years and were overseas for your entire service, or whether you did a few years in the FCA, or as Dan did, backfilled when everyone else went to Leb. You have a military background. We will do what we can for you. Is that the is that the motto? Yes, Peter. And you don't have to be a member of the ONE for us to help you. Once you have served in the military, we will help. 
All right. That's absolutely fantastic. Fantastic work. And any time that might old pal Tom Welsh uh, told me many years ago about ONE. so I'm aware of your work and I think it's incredible what you do and thank you for that service let alone your military service and Dan thank you for your service and I wish you well in your future thank you very much cheers Quartz 96 FM Botox Cosmetic out of botulinum toxin A FDA approved for over 20 years so Talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.